Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of the bracket breakdown. I'm Paramore Genos, alongside my co-host, James Farley. We broke down the East and the West regions in the previous episode. Now we will break down the Midwest and the South. So let's get to it. James, take it away. All right. Hey, Perry, we're right on back into the 62nd segment. So let's get right into it, Perry. For the South region, uh, Arizona versus um, the winner of Wright State versus Bryant. Uh, this is Blowout City. Uh, Arizona's going to take this one. St. Hall versus TCU. TCU, they've had some pretty quality wins. They knocked off Baylor, Kansas in their um, little run to uh, get into the fi- the um, the NCAA tournament. Um, their late season run, I think that's going to be a good game. Houston versus UAB. This is definitely a 5 versus 12 upset we'll be talking about later on. Illinois versus Chattanooga. Illinois is good. Kofi Coburn is back. That is a good Illinois team. Um Colorado State versus Michigan. Uh, Michigan, a little questionable that they got in, yet some people are taking them to win this game, including me. So we'll be talking about that one. Uh, Tennessee versus Longwood. Tennessee is really good. We'll be talking about them. Iowa State versus Loyola Chicago. Sister Jean's back, baby. 102 years old. How can you not root for them? The Ramblers are looking good heading into the tourney. And then to wrap it up, Villanova versus Delaware. Jay Wright always has a good Villanova team, so you got to watch out for them as always. So, Perry. That's it for the 60-second segment. When you're looking here, what are some like kind of observations you make for this entire region as a whole? Yeah, James, um, this is, for me, a wide-open region. Um, I don't love Nova as a two-seed. I think that's a little overrated. Um, I don't love Arizona as a one. Um, I believe Jay Billis has them in the national championship game facing off against Gonzaga. Um, I believe that is true. You can fact-check me on that, but I believe that, that is true. Um I think if the Cinderella team is going to emerge, it's going to probably be from this region. Um, I really like Arizona. I really like TCU. I think TCU can knock off Arizona. Um, I'm not saying they will. I don't think they will, but I'm just saying that's a matchup to look out for. Houston, you mentioned. Um, Illinois is supposedly better than last year's Illinois squad, which was a one seed. I don't really know how that's possible. They lost in the second round to their kryptonite, Loyola Chicago. Um, You talked about Michigan. I'm picking them in the first round as well. Very interesting team you watch out for. Tennessee, I mentioned it in the prior episode. Very, very trendy Final Four pick. And then you've also got Loyola Chicago Nova. So when I'm just looking at this region, this region is wide open. There's no truly dominant team like Gonzaga, like Kentucky, um, like even Kansas in the Midwest, if you want to call them the dominant team there. But this South region is going to be very, very difficult to predict. I think you could see a ton of upsets, some. I think you could see two double-digit seeds making the Sweet 16 um, just from this region alone. So, But heading into the first upset in the South region, there's a ton to talk about, but let's start off with Houston UAB. James, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Perry, I'm going back and forth on this matchup again. Um, started off thinking I was going to take Houston. And I was like, ah, maybe UAB. Hey, I mean, if you look at them, um, out of a, out of the Conference USA, they won 14-4 in that region, 27-7 uh, on the season. They have Jordan Walker, who's averaging 20.4 points per game. Quan Jackson at 12 points. And then Michael Ertl and KJ Buffin at 10 apiece. Um, they average 80.7 points per game. So they can score the basketball really well. They did win the Conference USA Finals. And they're ranked in um, 47th in BPI, which does put them around that 12 seed line um, as they are. So they look pretty good. Um, without Marcus Sasser, he had a season-ending injury. He was their leading scorer with 18 points a game. And Tremont Mark, their starting point guard at 10 points per game. 
However, guys like Kyler Edwards, Fabian White Jr., Josh Carlton, they've all um, stepped up. Edwards and White Jr. both averaging over 13 a game with Carlton averaging 12 at the center position. Um, they were five seed. They did win the conference chip um, in the American Conference. Um, they went 29 and a half, uh, excuse me, um, 29 and five in the, on their regular season. Um, the only things that concern me about this Houston team, why, this is why I'm going back and forth, Perry, is that they lost to Wisconsin by two, so they had that loss. They lost to Bama by one, and then they went one out of three against Memphis. They're 0-1 against AP Top 25 also, so they haven't really had any um, experience playing those top-caliber teams. Then on the other side of things, they're number two in BPI, and on Ken Palm, they are number four. So the computer metrics support them. Their strength of record, though, like doesn't. So it keeps going back and forth. They're without their star players, but they're still playing a UAB team that comes from... Um, Conference USA, not as good of a conference. So I'm stuck on this one, Perry. I mean, I think I'm leaning towards Houston just because, um, kind of like just because they're Houston at the end of the day. Um, who who are you leaning towards in this matchup? This is a really good one that I'm looking forward to watching. James, I've got Houston in this one, and I think they'll actually beat Illinois in the second round. I think they're Sweet 16 potential Elite Eight threat here. Um, I think whoever wins that, I think Houston's going to win this game. And then I think whoever wins Illinois-Houston is going to end up in the Elite Eight over Arizona. I'm still going back and forth on Illinois-Houston, but I think that either one of those teams will be Arizona, especially if this Houston team gets rolling. Um, you said it pretty well here. Houston is like incredibly either underrated or overrated by the computer metric. They won the American Conference. Again, not a great conference. They've only won one out of the three games they've played against Memphis. Um, Calvin Sampson is a great coach for this team. This team was pretty good last year. They were two seed behind um, Quentin Grimes, and I believe I had them in the. Did they? I think they made it all the way to the Final Four last year. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, I had them in the Elite Eight, but yeah, they did make it all the way to the Final Four. Their own one versus the AP Top Twenty Five. This is your classic team where they're good, not great. They haven't played well against good competition, but. At the end of the day, they do have some championship pedigree um, from last year, and they are playing in a fairly wide-open region. I could see this team being the five seed that makes it to the Final Four this season, and I would not be surprised at all. UAB, I have to give credit to them. Their own O versus the AP Top 25, though not really battle-tested. 47th in BPI, so seeding and the metrics for once agree here, but... I mean, it, they they got here because of the automatic, but they wouldn't have gotten here otherwise, like a lot of these other mid-major teams. And although they do have Jordan Walker averaging 20.4 points per game, and they score 81 points a game, I just can't see it happening for this UAB team. But hanging you the other matchup that you discussed briefly in the 60-second segment, um, Colorado State-Michigan. What are your thoughts on especially Michigan here? Because I feel like if Michigan wins this game, it's going to be more about them winning than Colorado State losing. Yeah, Perry. I mean, I feel like um, Michigan should have ended up heading on over to Dayton for the first four, but um, they lucked out. They were one of the last four, like the last four buys in Joe Lenardi's bracket, and that is exactly what ended up happening. They snuck in as an 11 seed. They got a pretty good draw, if I'm being completely honest with you. This Michigan team. Um. They're led by Hunter Dickinson, who averages 18.8 points and 8.3 rebounds. I think that's basically the reason why they're going to end up winning this game. Colorado State, yeah, they have David Roddy. He's averaging 19.4 a game, 
and Isaiah Stevens at 15 a game. Um, Colorado State, they are a good team, but again, they don't have any experience. They didn't play a single top 25 team all year. On the other hand, Michigan's 2-7 and seven against top 25. So, I don't know. What do you look at? Do you see that Michigan, hey, they've had they've been more battle-tested. They've played in the Big Ten. And while they only won 11-9 in the Big Ten, they still played in the Big Ten and have played those good teams. Or do you look at it as Michigan went only won two out of their nine games in the um, games against AP Top 25? Maybe Colorado State had the chance. So, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring, if I'm completely honest with you. But at the end of the day, I think that Michigan, just because of playing in the Big Ten, um, I think if Colorado State was in Michigan shoes in the Big Ten, they would be much worse than a record that Michigan came out of the Big Ten with at 17 and 14. Uh, Michigan State, I think, was ranked in top 10 at the in the preseason AP poll, so they definitely had a pretty lousy season. But um, at the end of the day, Michigan—they're not that good. I don't see them winning two games in March. I do see them winning one though in this first-round matchup against Colorado State. Yeah, my thoughts are pretty similar. I don't think they'll beat Tennessee if they do um, make it there. I think they will. However, um, as you said, I Colorado State, 81st in BPI. 81st is really, really low. Um, so they're probably most likely underrated by the computer metric BPI as they are 34th in Kempom, which is still low for a 6 seed. Um, as you said, Michigan doesn't really play top 25 teams well, but I think Joan Howard's a decent coach. Um, they made the final four a couple years ago, but at the end of the day, this Michigan team is weird because we expect, I believe they were an AP top 10 team at the top of the, at the beginning of the year. Um, they started off well, and then they just kind of tanked 17 and 14, 11 and nine in big 10. Uh, they gave up that big lead to Indiana in the big 10 tournament. So as, as do you, I expect Michigan state, uh, Michigan, excuse me, not Michigan state to at least make it to the round of 32 but from there i think it's anyone's guess to what happens i could see him pulling off a shocking upset against tennessee or i could see them getting completely blown out of the water heading over to the next matchup which is a very very interesting matchup for a number of reasons you go ohio state as the seven seed taking on loyola chicago at the 10 seed um very very different march madness stories loyola chicago made the final four um in 2019 and then last year they knocked out illinois in the second round Whereas Oral, um, Ohio State, excuse me, that's where I was going, um, as a 2-seed last year, lost to 15-seeded Oral Roberts, who ended up making it into the Sweet 16. So, very, very different March Madness stories. I like Loyola Chicago in this one. Um, they're 21st in BPI, 24th in Kempom. Very, 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 very highly rated by the computer metrics, whereas Ohio State's 23rd in BPI, so it's basically a toss-up here. Um, but I do like Loyola Chicago. Something's going on with that program in March. Some they turn it up um, when the tournament starts. Absolutely, Perry. I have the Ramblers winning this one too. Um, they're great defensively. They have Lucas Williamson back, who's averaging 14 points per game. Uh, don't ask me how he's still in college. I mean, he was on that original Final Four run team when they um had in 2017, I believe it was when they went all the way to the Final Four. So. Uh, I think that that Loyola Chicago team is um they're dangerous and I think that they're going to um be able to cruise through Ohio State, shut down EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell's a really good player, Perry. I mean he averages 19.6 points per game, but uh at the end of the day, this Loyola Chicago team, they are built for March as you said and uh defensive minded, they can still score the basketball. They always seem to stir things up in March and they're going to continue doing that, beating uh beating um excuse me, Ohio State in that first one, and then 
really given Loyola, I mean, Villanova, a pretty big run for their money um, in the second round. I could see that even being an upset in Loyola Chicago's favor. Yeah, James, absolutely. I was just going to get to that. I actually have Loyola Chicago winning that game. I don't think Villanova is that good. But heading over to our final four biggest threats, um, we talked about Loyola Chicago as the Cinderella. But let's start with Arizona. They're the one seed. They've got a decent road. If they can get it all together, they've got a pretty good road. They won the Pac-12. They beat UCLA. They've taken two of three from them. They have lost to Tennessee by four, which is very important considering Tennessee is our second biggest Final Four threat. 31-3, 18-2 in the Pac-12. Um, they're led by Bandic Matherin, 17.4 points per game, 5.6 rebounds. Azulis Tobolis, 14.5 points per game. A great point differential, though. 84.6 points per game for, 67.5 points per game against, and they are fourth in BPI, so probably appropriately seeded. Um, just looking at it, right, they were probably, I would say, the third one seed. I think that sounds about right um, with Gonzaga, then Kansas, then Arizona, and finally Baylor. But this Arizona team is very, very Davis. Uh, dangerous, excuse me. Um, They're led by Tommy Lloyd, who came over from Gonzaga, so he does know how to coach learning from Mark Few. But at the end of the day, something just scares me about this Arizona team. Maybe it's their um, just stunning rise. I believe they were unranked in the preseason AP poll, and I'm not really overpicking them to win it all with DeAndre Ayn, so I will not be picking them to even make it to the Final Four this year. Um, That's kind of picking with my heart, I guess, rather than picking with my head. But I, I, something just seems off about this Arizona Wildcats team that I can't really place. Barry, I love this Arizona Wildcats team. I mean, they look phenomenal against UCLA, um, winning that Pac-12 championship, going 31-3, as you said. Uh, they have a big three like you need to have to win in March with Benedict Mathurin, Azulis Tabilis, and center Christian Coloco. He averages 12.1 and 7.1. They also have... Kerr Creesa, um, he's been injured. He averages, uh, I think it's like 10 points per game, 10 and a half. Um, if he comes back from that injury, they were able to beat UCLA without him. If he comes back, I mean, watch out for this Arizona team. Um, part of this team that I love, Perry, is that they play so well together. Backdoor cuts, moving without the ball, setting off ball screens. They lead the nation in assists per game with 19.9 assists per game. So let's say we run that up to 20 that's at least 40 throwing some three balls in there next thing you know they have they average assisting on 50 points per game that just shows how well they play together benedict mathurin leading the way he's a projected lottery pick this year um he's risen to the occasion they average 84.6 points per game uh i think that's top five in the country um in points per game and only 67 and a half again so that means that their dip point differential is around 17 a game really good they're also five and two against ap top 25 which is like phenomenal they went they won two out of three against a great ucla team lost by only four to tennessee um they beat illinois by four beat usc twice who's a seven seed in the um in the midwest region of our bracket uh they also beat michigan by 18 and wyoming by 29 tommy lloyd has done a phenomenal job for the wildcats and i see arizona getting out of this region and winning a game in the final four I think that they're getting to the national championship, Perry, but I think that their road is going to end up ending against another Wildcats team, the Kentucky Wildcats, in the national championship game. Yeah, James. Um, so Arizona is very popular pick, but let's talk about Tennessee a little bit. 
Um, 26-7, 14-4 in the SEC. They won the SEC tournament. Um, they stopped Texas A&M's run. If they had won that game, Texas A&M, they would have been in the tournament. Um, anyway, they're 7-5 versus the AP Top 25. They beat Arizona by 4. We've mentioned that game. 2-0-3 from your national champion favorites, Kentucky. Lost to 18 by 2 Villanova, which kind of scares me a little bit. Um, they lost to Texas Tech, who's in the West by 5. They beat Auburn, who's a two seed, excuse me, not a one seed, a two seed by 5. And they lost to Texas by 1. They've also split with Arkansas and split with LSU. As a three seed, James, fifth in BPI. So this, the computer loves the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, led by Kenny Chandler, 13.8 points per game. Santiago Vescovi, 13.4 points per game. Jos- Josiah Jordan James, 10 points per game. Um, very talented team led by Coach Rick Barnes, who's a very, very good coach. Tennessee is my pick to advance out of this region. Um, I think Loyola Chicago is going to knock off Nova. I think it's going to be a Tennessee-Arizona um, Elite Eight game. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how that game goes. Um I, I like both teams, but I do like Tennessee a little bit more, and they're kind of riding the hot hand right now. So I'm going to lead towards the Volunteers to come out of this region, but, I mean, I could easily see them also losing to Nova, a team that they lost to eighteen by 18 in the regular season. Interesting, Perry. Um, I like Tennessee, too. I think it's going to be an Elite Eight matchup against Arizona, but Arizona is such a good team. I have them advancing to the Final Four out of this region. And now we're heading down to the final region of our brilliant bracket breakdown, the Midwest region. Perry, what do you have for us in the 60-second segment? Yeah, James, we're starting off with the one seed, Kansas versus Texas Southern. Uh, Kansas, we'll definitely talk about them. You'll hear our thoughts on them, but they should easily get by in the first round. San Diego State Creighton, the classic 8 versus 9 toss-up game. San Diego State is a really good team, but as is Creighton. Um, Iowa, Richmond, Richmond, a bid stealer, probably stole it from Texas A&M, Iowa is a great team, um, a very trendy elite eight pick, a very trendy team to knock off Kansas. Providence, South Dakota State, um, another four versus 13 game where you could easily see the 13 seed beating Providence, who's kind of fallen after a great start of the season. LSU, Iowa State, LSU just fired Will Wade. Um, they'll go in with an interim coach uh, taking on Iowa State. And then Wisconsin, Colgate, Colgate, another very trendy upset pick. Um, to beat the three-seed Wisconsin. We'll talk about that game a little bit. USC-Miami, um, another 7-versus-10 matchup for the right to face the winner of Auburn-Jacksonville State, which should be a very, very easy win for the Auburn Tigers. James, initial thoughts on this region? Yeah, Perry, uh, the number one seed, Kansas. I don't love them as much as many people do. Um I know there's some bracketologists that have them heading into the Final Four out of this region, into the championship game. I don't think I do. Um, This region is definitely the toughest region for me to pick a Final Four team. Um, I feel like there are teams that, like, there are multiple teams in, say, the West region where I could say, yeah, they could get to the Final Four. You know, Gonzaga, Duke, Texas Tech. Um, In the East, I say, yeah, UCLA, Kentucky, Baylor. And then all of a sudden, you head on over the Midwest region, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So if any of those other teams was in the Midwest, I would put them in the Final Four. But... It is definitely um, making me work, and that's part of the reason why I love March Madness. Um, yeah, I think Kansas, they're a good team. Uh, Iowa, they're definitely a team. That, with Keegan Murray, he's averaging uh, 23 points per game this season. He's uh, an All-American um, Player of the Year candidate. And 
th- yeah, this team has some of the best players in the country. You know, at the number three seed line, you have Johnny Davis averaging over 20 a game for Wisconsin. And then at the two seed line, you have who I think should be the number one pick in the draft, Jabari Smith. He's averaging over 17 a game, along with Walker Kessler, who averages 11 a game and three and a half blocks. Um, Wolverine Jr., who comes off the bench at point guard, he averages 11 a game, as well as Katie Johnson, the transfer from Georgia, who averages around 13 a game. So I think that Auburn is my favorite to get out of this region um, as the Final Four team. I would definitely say Auburn, if they hadn't had that you know mediocre end to their season, they were super hot throughout the year. And then the last month or so of the season, they looked good. They didn't look great. And that kind of concerns me a little bit. But I think that they do have the firepower to knock off Kansas because no one in this region has a player like Jabari Smith. I think Jabari Smith, despite being a freshman, he could be going in and average over, he could average double digits in the NBA right now if you put him in the game and a starting lineup. And if a player like that's playing in March Madness, you know they're going to stir it up. I think that he's going to be one of, if not the best player in the entire, who rises to the occasion in this bracket. So watch out for Auburn. But um, yeah, I think that Kansas-Auburn are probably the two most likely final four teams out of this region. Yeah, James, I agree. This has been a tough region to pick out of, as you say. I think if Kansas puts it all together, they've got a very easy road. Right now, as do you, I have Auburn advancing out of this region. But just like all the other picks that we've mentioned, I'm going to be finicking around, playing around with this bracket up until 12-15, um, until that Colorado State-Michigan game on Thursday. I could, I I've literally have no idea what I'm going to do. Some of the upsets that I've mentioned I might take back. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. But getting into the upsets for this region, you've got Wisconsin-Colgate. Colgate was a trendy upset pick last year. I picked them over Arkansas. They got walloped. But they're 14 seed again, 23-11, 16-2 in the Patriot League, 76.1 points per game for, 67.1 points per game against. They have not played at AP Top 25. They have lost to Vermont by 10, and they've beaten Syracuse by 15. 109th in BPI. And that scares a decent amount of people off. 109th in BPI. Not great. Um, although the computer tends to be a little um, weird with some of the analytics that they use. Um, 109th from a difference of where you would expect to see them around 52 to 56 um, is very, very different. But at the end of the day, we haven't really heard a ton about Wisconsin. They're 27th in BPI, so they're another underrated team by the metrics so James what are your thoughts on this game because I know that I'm probably going to end up picking Wisconsin but I know that you're more um 50-50 on this one yeah Perry I am but I think that one team is Johnny Davis the other doesn't and that team is Wisconsin if Colgate had Johnny Davis Colgate would be moving on and it would be a completely different situation but with uh Johnny Davis is such a good player he can take over the game the offensive end. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, Colgate is the best three-point shooting team in the entire country, but I don't think that you can solely rely on the three-point shot to fall to beat a team like Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is also a little more balanced than you think. Uh, Johnny Davis is averaging 19.7. I said over 20 a game earlier. Um, that was my bad. He averages just under 20. Um, Brad Davison, he averages 14.5 a game, and Tyler Wall, who averages 11.4. Uh, they're 5-3 and three against AP Top 25, so they do have some pretty good wins. Uh, they beat Houston by 2, Purdue twice, which is really impressive. Lost Illinois by 13, but did beat um, counterpart in this region, Iowa. They did beat the Hawkeye by 9. They also beat St. Mary's, the 5 seed, over on the other side of the bracket by 6. They split with Ohio State. Um, they did lose to Providence, though, by 5, who was also in the 
this region as the four seed. So they have some pretty quality wins. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm riding with this team over Colgate, just because out of the Patriot League, Colgate doesn't have wins or even games that Wisconsin, that compare to Wisconsin, and they don't have a player that compares to Johnny Davis. That's why I have the three seed Wisconsin winning this one. However, I know they're definitely going to um, have a tough night ahead of them in the second round. I think that LSU is going to end up knocking off Iowa State just because Iowa State, they started off 12-0. They had that um, you know epic matchup against Baylor when they were both sitting at 12-0, Big 12 matchup um and that was a tight game they only lost by like five to baylor so even up to that point teams were thinking that like hey iowa state they could be like a one seed two seed um they've definitely dropped off um they're now an 11 seed they ended up losing i believe it was yeah if they won yeah they lost eight of their last 20 they only won eight of their last 20 games dropped 12 of the 20 so they are definitely pretty cold heading into the tourney and despite losing will wade as a coach i think the lsu is uh they just have more talent, and coming out of the SEC, they are going to be able to beat Iowa State and then give Wisconsin a run for their money in the round of 32. Yeah, James, I have LSU and Wisconsin as well. Um, I think, though, although LSU is ranked 16th in BPI, um, they have an interim coach, as you mentioned, Kevin Nickelberry. Um, sometimes that can fire up a team a little bit, though. So we'll have to see what happens. This can really go two ways. LSU can completely flame out and... Um, Will Wade is the easy target, or they can, you know, go on a mini run here, which I would not be surprised to see. Um, interim coaches do weird things to teams. That's why I like them in this one. I do like them over Wisconsin too. Um, but as you said, Iowa State, they did start 12-0, as you said. Um, that scares me too. I like to see teams, they don't need to be, you know, 11-0 heading into the tournament, but they I don't want to see them being 8-12 and 12 heading into the tournament either. So there's got to be some sort of um, middle ground there. They're only got a plus 3.5 point differential um, per game, so that's not great either. And heading over to what possibly could be one of the biggest matchups in the um, biggest upsets in this year's tournament, Province has the 4 seed taking off South Dakota State as the 13 seed. Province 43rd in BPI, 48th in Kempom. Not a great rating. You'll expect that from around the 10 and 11 seed. Um, Province 25 and 5. They, I believe they got all the way up to um, number 10 in the country. I believe that was the highest they were. Um, led by Nate Watson with 13.8 points per game. Oh, they got all the way up to 8 points in the country. Um, thanks, James. But Al Durham at 13.4 points per game. Jared Bynum at 12.7 points per game. AJ Reeves at 10 points per game. So four guys averaging double digits. They have lost to Villanova twice. They've beaten Texas Tech by four and UConn by four. Um, they've also beaten Wisconsin. Um, lost, beat Xavier twice, um, split with Marquette and split with Creighton. So I don't know. Something just, I like South Dakota State in this one. I like the Jackrabbits at 18-0 in the conference, 30-4 um, overall. But, James, I'm, I'm going to pick South Dakota State here. I don't know what your thoughts are about this game. Perry, I do really like Ed Cooley in Providence, but I'm taking South Dakota State in this one too, Perry. This is another reason why I love March so much. Um, this South Dakota State team is the real deal. They have three guys similar to Davidson, averaging over 14 points per game. Douglas Wilson at 16.5. Baylor uh, Shearman at 16.2, and Noah Friedel at 14.2. They average 86.7 points per game. That means they have the second best offense, um, like computer numbers-wise, um, in the nation uh, aside from Gonzaga. So that's really impressive. you got to watch out for this team. Um, they didn't lose all conference season. They did go 30-4. Um, they're 
the only time they played a ranked team was against Alabama. They did lose by 16, but um, they th- this team is a team you definitely got to watch out for, Perry. This is actually, I think, the matchup I'm most excited for in the entire first round of the bracket. So um, I think South Dakota State is going to knock off Providence. And I don't think that their run's going to actually even end there, Perry. I could see them. I think they're going to actually going to knock off Iowa and Keegan Murray in the second round um, in advance to the Sweet 16. There's always a Cinderella team. Like last year was Oral Roberts. There's always a 12, 13, 14, even last year a 15 seed that can advance to the Sweet 16. And I think that this year, that's the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Watch out. Yeah, James, I have them winning and losing New Iowa. I really like Iowa. I at least expect them to be in the Sweet 16, um, where I do think they're going to lose to Kansas. But that's why Iowa is our kind of Cinderella team here. They're 14th in BPI as a 5 seed. So that is either overrated by the computer metric, underrated seeing-wise, whatever. Um, they've won 1 of 3 against Purdue. They've lost to Illinois twice, beat Ohio State, excuse me, um, beat Michigan State by 26. So a lot of things that you can expect from this Iowa team. But I think if, especially if South Dakota State manages to knock off Providence, as you said, I think South Dakota can be that team. And I could see them knocking off Iowa. Hell, I might even pick it later. But at the end of the day, I just don't know how much I trust South Dakota State to be able to beat this Iowa team. And then if Iowa gets hot, and if Keegan Murray can get going, um, heading into a showdown against Kansas, who knows what could happen. Um, I pr- I have them losing to Kansas, but I could easily see them, if they get hot, beating Kansas in the Sweet 16 and advancing to the Elite Eight. Absolutely, Perry. That's just why, again, I'm so excited for this um, March Madness tournament. Been late, waiting for it all year long. And um, this Midwest team, this Midwest region, I think is the most wide open region in the entire bracket. I think that Kansas and Auburn are the two most likely teams. I could get in. You said Auburn is getting in in your bracket. I have Auburn too, but just like you, I might make a change at 12-14 on Thursday afternoon. So that's just another reason why I'm so excited for this tournament. But that does it for our brilliant bracket breakdown of this year's NCAA tournament. Perry and I will have um, coverage all throughout the tournament for you guys, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, you can check us out on our website, um, www.frompaulbarkstobuzzardbeers.com. Check us out on social media. Email us if you have any segment ideas, want to be on the show. We are all ears. But that does it for us today. I am James Farley alongside my co-host Perry Martino signing out with the from Ballparks to Buzzbeer Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.